Welcome everyone to the Hotel Nerd Network brought to you by Anchor. What's Anchor you say? It is an easy way to make a podcast like this one for free. That's right, I said it, for free. But not only that, you can record from the comfort of your home, on the PC, or on the go with your phone. They have everything you need to make a podcast in one place. The best feature is that they even distribute the podcast for you on multiple platforms, so you don't have to stress on getting your content out there for the world to hear. If you're looking for a free and easy way to make a podcast, download the Anchor app on your mobile device or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now please sit back and enjoy the show. Hey everyone, this is Chris from Hotel Nerd. Welcome to episode two of Stop and Go. Um, I know that this was scheduled to start at four o'clock, and I decided to start it a couple minutes early because why not? That's the the greatness about being in charge. You get to choose when to start, and you get to choose when to end. So, executive decision: starting early. So, uh, before we get into everything, let's get sponsors out of the way. Uh, <clears throat> as we all know, Poddex is back sponsoring us for the year 2022. So, welcome back, Poddex. You can get them at poddex.com. They're really useful interview tools for podcasters. Uh, and you can even make games out of them at home if you really wanted to uh and some of the questions are pretty uh pretty out there so and they got a variety of decks now i haven't even looked lately but i know that there's some more that have come out you can get them at poddex.com use promo code nerd22 for 10 percent off your first order of any physical merchandise also Patreon is back. Uh, I relaunched the Patreon page. Uh, so become a member today and help support the Hotel Nerd Network and let's grow this into a studio. Let's get out of this little corner that I'm in uh, and let's actually get a studio going so I can have one-on-one interviews across the table. Uh, I wouldn't mind doing Larry King-style interviews. So, And... Also, don't forget to check us out on your favorite podcatcher because this uh, came to talk great today. This episode will be going up live, not live, obviously, but we'll be going up shortly thereafter uh, on all uh, podcast uh, formats, audio formats. God, I cannot talk today. (laughs) That's got way too much things on my mind. And all more about Secrets of Dumbledore. That's what today's episode is about. So, big spoiler warning. Nobody can say that you're not being alerted as the banner will be up the entire time. That uh, (coughs) we will be, or I, will be talking about the uh, movie Secrets of Dumbledore. And first things I want to say right off the bat is it's a hell of a lot better than Crimes of Grindelwald. If you did not like Crimes of Grindelwald, trust me, this is a lot better. It starts out very, very strong. And it definitely 
tries to separate itself from the second movie. Uh, I'm hoping that I get some people in here while I'm talking about this because I really want to get other people's opinions on this. But I personally think, and I'm not going to do a scene-by-scene breakdown either. I I don't like scene-by-scene breakdowns. I'd rather just have a conversation. Uh, Whether or not I get anybody in here to talk with me about it, I don't know. But personally, my viewpoint of the franchise, because I'm just going to get everything out of the way, I'm going to clear the air real quick. Uh, the things that J.K. Rowling have been saying are absolutely horrendous. There is no need for it. I get that she's allowed to have her opinion, but it's a really easy way to kill your franchise. And I really have a sneaky suspicion that's exactly what's happening right now. Uh, Ezra Miller is just being a dumbass. Um, and he has been arrested again, uh, I believe, because of assaulting the same people in Hawaii that he assaulted before. <coughs> so there's that. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty much going it has been officially announced that I know of, but I'm going to go on a limb and say that Ezra Miller is officially done with Warner Brothers. Uh, could potentially say he might be done with Hollywood altogether at this rate, uh, because the way cancel culture is. And I'll be honest, the way he is right now, he, that, that guy needs help more than he needs anything else. The Iceland incident a couple years ago, right as the pandemic started, the uh, assault down in Hawaii that he was arrested for a month ago, and now he's been arrested again in Hawaii. I believe for the same thing on the same people. Uh, the guy needs help more than anything else. He doesn't need to be incarcerated. He needs to. There's something going on, and he needs. He definitely needs a hand. So, hopefully, he gets the help that he needs. Because as much as he's been messing up, and when you do the wrong things I do I'm a firm believer in that you go to jail I also am a firm believer that not everybody deserves to go to jail either there's some times where you need help and I think that's where he's at right now and if he gets the help that he needs and he still keeps acting up then he goes to jail I say at least give him a shot to get himself clean or from whatever it is that's going on because we don't know what's going on in his head. That being said, Fantastic Beasts as a whole, Secrets of Dumbledore was really good. The twists with Credence, or what's it, how do you pronounce his name? Aurelius, I think is how they pronounce his name as a Dumbledore. Uh, For the sake of simple, I'm just going to refer to him as Credence because it's just easier for me to say. But him being Aberforce's uh, son actually was a nice twist. Uh, I really expected him to be Dumbledore's son just because that's kind of the common thing to happen. Uh, 
There's also a new theory going around, and I forget exactly like the underlying premise behind it, but going back with the three Peveril brothers from the uh, <coughs> Tales of Beetle Bard from Deathly Hollows, we know that Voldemort and uh, Harry were distant relations. I believe it was cousins, distant cousins. Uh, through the brothers and the third one was always a little ambiguous like everybody just thought it would be Snape because it kind of fit now the theory is that the third brother is actually uh, relation ancient relation to Dumbledore which would make the Dumbledore's cousins to both the Gaunts and the Potters so that's kind of interesting I forget what the underlying premise is behind that. I believe it had to do with Chillin, if I remember correctly. Because Chillin went and deemed Dumbledore worthy. And there was supposed to be something about that that was like a signifying moment that he was the third brother's relative or something. I, I read this online the day after I watched it, which was Monday. And I don't remember the details of the theory, but... It would be interesting if that's exactly how it goes down. So, I mentioned about the chilling. And that's actually where the movie starts. The movie starts with the chilling. And that Newt is going there to witness this mother chilling give birth. And it's supposed to be the rarest animals that is known to wizard kind and it's supposed to signify the arrival and rise of uh, a new strong leader pure leader because a chillin is supposed to be able to see everything your darkness your light your purity all of it and it's not supposed to be able to be fooled so as Newt is helping the birth process, the first of two chillins is born. And then Grindelwald's uh, acolytes, I guess you call them, followers, have come along and with credence and start attacking the mother chillin. And I'm assuming it's Av Avada Kedavra that they shoot at the chillin because it's green and it's like the only green spell that I can remember out of Harry Potter. If there's another green spell, put it in the comments. But as far as I'm aware, that's the killings. The killing curse is the only one that is green that I can recall. So they just not shoot the one. But they shoot it. I think it's twice. It might have been a third one. I I remember twice it got hit. And then there's a big chase scene. And Newt ultimately ends up getting knocked unconscious. And the chillin' is abducted by Randall Walt's acolytes. 
Well, then Newt makes his way back up the mountain, and he uh, notices. Well, he's mourning the the mother chillin's going to die. Like he's very upset about that, and then the uh, second chillin, the second baby chillin, shows up. And it t- totally takes Newt off guard. And he goes and has his beast in his briefcase, like he always does. And he has them take the chillin' down into his uh, sanctuary, I guess we call it. And that's how the movie starts. And we go to title, uh, to the title card after he passes out again. And he is flown away by a, a Revan, I believe it is, if I remember correctly. I don't know. It's hard to remember all my Fantastic Beasts. I'm not really up to date on Fantastic Beasts lore. But um, I believe it's a Revan that flies him away. Then we, uh, the next thing I remember, first off, that to me was a really strong start of the movie, which is why I went into detail about that because I really felt that was a very, very strong start. Uh, and it was about a five minute sequence, maybe a little bit longer. Uh, then I'm just gonna say this right now. Jacob, love Jacob. How can you not love Jacob? Uh the first scene that you get with him and he's in the bakery, and it's not really elaborated on whether he's hallucinating or if it's a spell that's being cast. But Queenie is in the bakery. And it's old Queenie. It's not dark Queenie. And they have like a three minute moment. And then you, uh, and I can't remember this professor's name. She's from Ilvermory, if I'm pronouncing the name of the school correctly. Um, she made a brief appearance in Crimes of Grindelwald when she talked to, um, uh, yeah, the hell, I can't even think of his name. The guy who made the Philosopher's Stone. I'm blanking, but talked with him, Nicholas Fullmouth. That's his name. Uh, and talked to him through. A, Portrait, if I remember correctly, it's been. I watched Crimes of Grimberwald twice, and I fell asleep. That's about roughly about the point that I fell asleep. I never actually finished Crimes of Grindelwald. That's how bad that movie is to me. I never actually seen the ending sequence. Uh, probably the last half hour or so, I've not seen <clears throat> because I haven't got that far. Uh, 
but then she showed up and she sets up Jacob to basically come outside. It's a test of will, I guess, or moxie or whatever the hell you want to call it. Uh, and he goes and he defends her and then she reveals that she's a witch and he's like, nope, not having it. Nope, nope, nope. And he goes and he shuts the door after he goes, I don't want any part of it. You need to leave. I'm not, I'm not doing this again. And then she, and it's a really funny moment. She pops, she apparates into the bakery. She goes, you do realize I'm a witch, right? He goes, yes. And he goes, it doesn't change anything. I want you to go. I'm not part of this. I don't want anything to do with this. Uh, <laughs> and then she basically gives a rundown of everything he's gone through in the last two movies. As like It's a really, really quick run through of everything that's happened for the audience. Because it's been four years since the second movie came out. So this is their way of being like, oh yeah, so recap, this is what's previously happened. And he goes, yeah, that pretty much sums up everything. And then she uh, convinces him to go with her. I forget exactly what the enticement was for him to go. But he goes, excuse me, and he uh, gets on the train. And this is the scene that we see in the trailers where Newt introduces everybody. And there's something going on between him and Theseus still. I don't know what's going on there. There's, some, there's a disconnect there. He's really kind of hesitant on introducing his brother. Uh, and it's never really elaborated on. So, and that's, you're going to find that's a common theme. Is they're going to introduce something, or they're going to allude to something, and they're like, yeah, never mind. And that's one of my biggest problems with this film, is they don't explain deadly shit. So, you get to the train, and he going through all this, he gives out all these mementos that Dumbledore wants everybody to have. Theseus' reaction to the tie that he gets is comical. He goes, well, now it all makes sense. Or something like that. Because, uh, you know, why the hell would Dumbledore give him a tie to fight Grindelwald? Like, what the hell, dude? A uh, little bit of a crackpot there. Um, then... We turn around and Newt goes, oh yeah, by the way, Jacob, something for you. And we see this play out in the trailer. So everybody knows that seeing the trailer knows this moment. And he pulls out a wand. And it's really, really pivotal information that's going on here. And they, they snuck it by. And they allude to this twice. I forget where the second one is, but it's mentioned twice. That wand is made of snake wood. And if you recall, go all the way back to the first Fantastic Beast movie and Ilvermorny, the Snakewood tree, that is uh, Salazar Slytherin's 
wand that made that tree. He planted that wand there at Ilvermorning, and it created a snakewood tree, which is not supposed to be penetrable to make any wands out of. It's not you're not supposed to be able to cut into the tree at all. So where did the snakewood wand come from? So if they make a fourth movie, it's yeah, I'd be keeping an eye on that wand. There's something about that wand that they say it's coreless, but there's something going on with that wand because one of the effects that Sal, Salazar Slytherin had on his wand is he could put his wand to sleep with Barseltongue. So don't forget that. So that wand might not be coreless. That wand just might be dormant. So if somebody speaks Barseltongue to that wand, just saying that wand can become active again. That can be a pivotal point. Now, the question is whether we get a fourth movie or not. I really, this box office this weekend, we're going to touch on this uh, on the episode that is coming up right after this on the check-in, the premiere of the check-in. We're going to touch on the box office last weekend, and it's not good for Secrets of Dumbledore. I'm telling you that right now. I'm thinking this franchise might be done, <laughs> uh, at least on the movie front. And I, in the way that it ends up wrapping up, I'm okay with, for the most part. I'm like 75% okay with how it ends. There's still a lot of loose ends that's still dangling that need to be tied up, but it can be a lot worse, I guess. Um, so we go from the train, and I'm not going to lie here. I took a moment to go out and top off my drink and get a snack because I felt like it was a good moment before things ramp up. And I don't know what happened through like a five minute window. I just remember seeing Bunty in a uh, shop ordering briefcases. That's where I came back. And that's what she was doing because they're all separated and put on their own missions. Um, I forget what happens. Oh, we go to the what was it, the German ministry? Pretty sure that's where we went, the German ministry this time. And Newt is to give a message to the, um, I can't remember what it was, how they worded that. It was about the international wizards. Uh, basically, it's head bug womp is what it is. They never used the term but that's what it is. That's what everything is. This whole movie is based around an election uh, for head mugwomp. Because the incumbent is getting ready to end term, so they need a new one. And Newt passes a message on and from Dumbledore that says to the head mugwomp, or it might not even be a head mugwomp, but it's the German minister it might be. I I don't know. Again, it's not really alluded to. Um, 
who this guy really is because they give you an idea and they're like, yeah, don't forget, don't don't worry about it. it it's not important. Granted, this guy is really important throughout the movie. He's from this point onwards, he completely keeps re-showing up. Um, but they never really fully explain who this guy is. Because at first I thought he was the German minister of magic. And then I thought he was the current head mugwomp. But they they never really explain it. So, no idea. But he, the message is do what is right, not what is easy. And I'm kind of confused by what he's alluding to on that. Because obviously it's a very cryptic message. And then the German Chancellor, Head Mugwump, whatever this guy is, gives honorates Grindelwald to all of his crimes, which sets Jacob off. Like, completely sets Jacob off. And he pulls out his wand uh, against Grindelwald. And Grindelwald... No, it wasn't Grindelwald that yelled it. Uh, it was another minister that yelled about an assassin. Uh, and Grindelwald actually, in the process, kind of ironic that this is happening because in in the moment, Grindelwald is trying to poison one of the candidates for head mugwomp uh, and the killer. So everybody thinks that Jacob is the one that's trying to assassinate people. And he does not perform any magic. It is the professor whose name I can't remember from the American school that makes him look like he's doing magic. He's basically being used as a vessel to mimic magic, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. So he, uh, there's chaos going on. He sees Queenie. They try to talk. Queenie says, there's no, reconcil no reconciliation for me. I'm gone. I made my choice. There's nothing you can do about it. It's over. And, of course, Jacob doesn't believe this. And he's still pining and trying to get Queenie back. Well, then... All hell breaks loose there at the banquet or whatever it's going on. And Theseus ends up getting kidnapped. Which is going to lead us into probably the best part of the movie, honestly. Uh, and that's the part where you see Newt doing his sideways shuffle with the crabs. Uh, that ends up being a rescue mission, actually to get Theseus out of an unknown jail, I'm assuming in Germany. They don't tell you where you're at either, by the way. Um, because one thing I do remember from the second movie is they gave you like the title cards of where you're at. Nope. They did away with them this time. You you have no idea where you're at while you're globe trotting around. And so they get Theseus free. And it's really funny watching Theseus trying to mimic Newt. 
and you see this big the director's calling it the manticore they never really name it in the movie snatch somebody out of another cell and then throw the body back up and it's just liquefied with acid and the little crabs go and start eating what's left and so they're doing their sideways shuffle to get out and they get right to when they're going around the corner to exit and two things happen Theseus steps on a crab which is funny because dude's face is like come on man Theseus is like sorry it was bound to happen Uh, and their lantern goes out which when their lantern goes out that's when the creature that's in the pit attacks the big big creature that we have no idea what it is this big creature is shooting lava out its tail and it's melting everything around so this is about a five minute sequence it's pretty tense actually um and then teddy uh which is newt's little creature friend that loves shiny objects he uh goes and him and uh, the stick uh, creature I can't I don't I can't remember what they're called for the life of me I did one of them I can't think of it but they're teaming up to get tie off of the, uh, the trailer and they go and get the tie and that's a really funny moment because you see the the stick creature get in the wand uh just knew had to give up the creatures had to give up the wand had to give up the briefcase all of it he had to go in completely defenseless uh so they're getting the wand back and all these coins come down you think that Teddy's going to... Teddy's an F-word. That's what he is. Um, I can't think of what the stick guy is right now. And I don't think the stick guy has a name at the moment. And if he does, I forget it. But... The Niffler, Teddy, he looks like he's going to rescue the other creature. And he ends up grabbing the gold instead. It's really funny how it's laid out. I actually laughed out loud in the theater and it didn't disturb anyone because I was the only one there, which is really sad. Uh, this is the only time I've been in a theater and I've literally been the only one in the theater, which is a damn shame. But so that tie ends up leading to being a port key to Hogwarts. And now we're entering the third act of the movie. This is where you see the briefcases in a circle. This is where they're in the room of requirement. This is where Jacob's scene of being with the Hogwarts students is. This is uh, the three points to Gryffindor line is there. 
Uh, Dumbledore explains the mission and what they're going to attempt to do. Uh, um, basically playing a big shell game. Dumbledore takes uh, Jacob with him and the rest of them go off by themselves. One briefcase is filled with pastries, one briefcase is filled with books, another briefcase melts. Um, forget what's in the fourth briefcase. And then the fifth briefcase, obviously, is the chillin'. <clears throat> and while all this is going on, and I know I'm kind of skipping back and forth because I'm doing this as I'm remembering things, Dumbledore has a fight with Credence, which is not a bad fight. It's actually a really decent fight. Uh, and they go into like a mirror world thing, which again, they never explain why and how. And he uh, comes to the realization that Credence is a Dumbledore. Like, it's confirmed. Grindelwald did not lie. He is a Dumbledore, just not like as we expected. And then, uh, so that all happens in Act 2. And Aberforth gets it confirmed that he has a son and that Credence is his son and that he's not doing well, that the Obscurial that's in him is killing him. That the Phoenix that's flying around, the reason why the Phoenix is flying around is it's producing Phoenix Ash, which only happens when the person that the Phoenix is closest to is getting ready to die. And the more ash it makes, the closer the person is to dying. So, then we have a big showdown in the uh, the town. I can't remember what the name of the town is for life of me. Uh, pretty sure they said it was in Tibet. Um, Bhutan, I think is what the name of the temple is that they have the, the election at. And they have a Nice little squabble through town. Jacob and Queenie reconcile. Uh, and then we get to basically the very end, which they do kind of slightly give you in the trailer. Uh, when you see Newt walking up the steps to the temple, that is the point that we're at now. Um, and two things I need to make a note real quick is the first chillin gets killed by Grindelwald really early in the movie slits his throat and then he does uh, some like necromancy magic and brings it back and it's under his control so naturally it'll bow to him uh, to make him win the election then the other thing is, is Bunty also had a note that was for her eyes only. She read the note, she looked up, and the note disintegrated. Uh, basically Mission Impossible style. Then, so those are the two things that need to be known before I go on. So, Jacob, or well, the chillin' goes and does its walk, 
and chooses Grindelwald because Grindelwald manipulated it. Then, uh, Newt has his moment where he's saying, no, this isn't right. He manipulated this one. There's another one. And they have like a back and forth squabble. Grindelwald ends up cursing Jacob with the Cruciatus curse. Uh, the woman that's up there for uh, Head Mugwomp, she actually undoes the charm. And then Bunty shows up, which I really thought this was going to be Tina. Because uh, Tina makes one brief appearance up to this point in the movie, and it's like 30 seconds long. And it literally happens within this scene anyways, so now I think about it, it made no damn sense that Tina would have been um, there. But Bonte goes and gives him the briefcase and says what she said to him earlier in the film, which I don't think that I said was nobody can know everything new. And then he opens up the briefcase and gets the other chillin out. The chillin does its walk. And it actually goes to Dumbledore. And it bows. And he refuses. It's actually a really good moment that Jude Law has in this moment. Um, fine acting. Very, very fine acting. And then... The um, chilling goes and chooses the girl that went and undid the Cruciatus curse. Because Dumbledore says, no, there has to be another. There was two of you that were born, so there's another around here. Please go find that other person. <clears throat> and then Grindelwald uh, goes to attack Credence with the killing curse and Dumbledore and Aberforth go and defend which also brings me back to a detail I forgot to mention at the beginning is Dumbledore has blood packed he cannot move on Grindelwald Grindelwald cannot move on Dumbledore without them being basically killed by the blood pact so Dumbledore is not really moving against Grindelwald here. He's defending his nephew. And uh, Grindelwald wants to kill his nephew. So when the spells meet, the blood pact breaks. Which means now they can move upon each other. And uh So there's a mediocre duel. Nothing really comes of it. Nobody sees it because it's in the blood packs, like fantasy world or whatever. Again, they never explain it. Uh, I'm sure you can see a common annoyance of a theme that I have with this movie. Um, and then 
basically it ends with Grindelwald saying, I was never your enemy then or now. I think is what the line is. And he apparates off the side of the temple. And then we flash forward, I'm assuming, a couple of months. And Jacob and Queenie are getting married. Dumbledore sitting outside of the bakery. Newt talks to Dumbledore. Dumbledore thanks him for his service. Newt says, no problem. I would do it again if you asked me. Uh, basically their way of keeping the door open for a fourth movie if they decide to do one. And Dumbledore is seen walking off into the distance in New York City. And that's how the movie ends. So while there have been things that have been cleared up in this film, there is a lot of things that are not cleared up. There are a lot of things that were introduced that were never given clear answers to at all. Uh, could it end with this movie? Yes. Would I like to see it end with this movie? No. I would like to see at least a fourth movie to clean everything up. And that'd be that. I'd be okay with that. I really hope we at least get four out of this. It was announced that it was going to be five. I'm really hesitant to think that we're going to get a fourth one because the numbers were not there uh, for uh, to support a sequel, honestly. So... That's pretty much everything that I have for Fantastic Beasts and the Secrets of Dumbledore. Um, so my rating for Stop and Go, which is fairly simple. Stop means don't see it. Go means go and see it. Honestly, if you're a hardcore Harry Potter fan, I would say stop. Uh, it it does a fair amount of damage, not near as much as Grindelwald did, but it does a fair amount of damage to the lore. So I would say stop if you're a big Harry Potter fan. If you're a casual fan that just wants to go see a nice movie and you're not going to overthink things and know the lore that's behind everything, you just want to go see a movie. I would say very hesitantly go because even as a casual fan, you're still going to be like, well, why aren't you explaining anything to us? You're literally just throwing shit at the wall and just moving on. Like you're not explaining a damn thing to us. So that's why I say very hesitantly, I would say go if you're a casual, if you're a hardcore Harry Potter fan, I would say stop. While it was okay, it, it's not great. My overall rating out of a 10 score would be probably a 4. So, um, I don't have anything else to say about it, honestly. There's not much left to say about it. I was hoping to get some people in here in the comments, but 
uh, why I do have one person watching, and I have had a couple other people pop in to watch. Nobody's put comments in, so unfortunately, that's how it works, I suppose. Uh, the next stop and go that I plan on doing will be Sonic the Hedgehog 2. I'm planning on seeing that this Sunday. Uh, so far, I've avoided spoilers. Granted, I kind of got an idea where they're going to go with the uh, with the story anyhow because I'm a big Sonic fan. So we'll see if my predictions are right. And also, as I'm sure you've noticed, the ticker at the bottom of the screen, we have goals that we want to reach. Subscribers right now, we have seven out of 500 on YouTube. And we're trying to hit $1,000 in donations, both we want to hit by October 21st, which is actually the day before the wedding. Uh, so that'd be an awesome wedding gift from you guys to me uh, to get some subscribers going and to get some donations going. And let's get some momentum because I want to ultimately get into a studio. While this little spot in my room works, there's a lot more that I want to do. So, uh, if we can get there, let's get there. Let's make things happen. I'm starting very small with the goals. Let's see what happens and let's see if we can get there. We have a little, well, it was six months yesterday. So, we will, because today is a six-month mark that I will be watching my lovely fiance walk down the aisle to me. About, but it will be this time, actually. Now that I think about it, now I look at the clock. She will be walking down the aisle to me at this time, six months from now. So, uh... I will talk to you later. There is also an episode of Scared Shitless that's coming out next Wednesday at 7 o'clock. I do have an episode recorded. I am planning on making a back catalog uh, of more of them. I'm trying to get a back catalog of everything. Um, so that way I can have regular content being put out. That will definitely help the subscribers and the donations, I'm sure. Short of that, I will see you guys in a little over 20 minutes for the first episode of the check-in, uh, where we're going to talk about last week's box office. We're going to talk more about Fantastic Beast uh, flop at the box office uh, last week, and we'll talk about some of the news that uh, has happened this week, and then we will do predictions for this week's box office and movies that I'm planning on seeing this weekend. So I will talk to you later. And I can announce there's going to be, I know, the second uh, Stop and Go episode too that I think about it. Because I just found out, and I don't know how I missed this, The Batman is now on HBO Max. So... I will be watching the Batman. (laughs) 
and uh, so it'll be Sonic the Hedgehog 2 and the Batman are the next two stop and go episodes I do not know in which order they're going to release them because the Batman I can watch anytime here at home and Sonic I have to go to the theater on Sunday so on that note I will again I will see you guys in a little over 20 minutes Thank you for watching this episode of Stop and Go. Don't forget to check out Poddex, too. And don't forget to get on the Patreon. Check me out on Twitter. Check me out on Facebook. Look up Hotel Nerd across the board. You're going to find me. So, uh, Twitch as well. This this was streaming live on Twitch as well. Uh, but again, 20 minutes. I'll see you back for the first episode of the check-in.